2: and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone.
1: Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I have special guest John Asser on the show today. He's an author, a renowned behavioral and mindset expert, and he's going to come on to talk about his new book, Inner Size, The New Science to Unlocking Your Brain's Hidden Power. John is one of the leading mindset and behavioral experts in the world. He's appeared numerous times on Larry King Live, Anderson Cooper, and the Ellen DeGeneres Show. He's built 5 multi multi-million dollar companies, written two New York Times bestselling books, and has been featured in eight movies, including the blockbuster hit, The Secret. Today, John's the founder and CEO of NeuroGym a company dedicated to using the most advanced technologies and evidence-based brain training methods to help individuals and corporations unlock and ignite their fullest potential. For more information on John, you can go to his website at www.johnasraf.com, And for more information about Neurogym, you can visit his website at www.neurogym.com. Have you ever wondered, while we may have so much potential, it just doesn't seem like we're getting to where we need to be? Learning powerful brain-based methods, such as what elite athletes, Navy SEALs, CEOs, and astronauts have become accustomed to use and gain the highest levels of performance possible. That's the key to inner-size. It's a revolutionary process that will ignite and unleash your brain's hidden power and show you the fastest path to maximizing your full potential so you can achieve your greatest victories and successes. It's a great pleasure that I welcome John to the show. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, so.
3: That's great to be with you.
1: I appreciate it. I really am excited to have you on today. I want to go over your new book, Inner Size, and I, I looked through your book and one of the things you mentioned as an early ex- was a mentoring relationship that you had when you were 19 years old. And I wanted to see if you could discuss how Alan Brown uh, motivated <laughs> you to pursue your lifetime.
3: Uh, absolutely. Uh, when I was, uh... 15, 16, 17, I was getting to an enormous amount of trouble with the law. I didn't do well in school. I left in grade 11 and started doing uh, some illegal things that were putting my life in, uh, in pretty big danger, where I was either going to go to jail or the morgue. <clears throat> and my brother had arranged for a meeting for me, a lunch meeting with uh, this gentleman, Alan Brown. And at lunch, uh, in addition to asking me why I was doing all these things that I shouldn't be doing and me not knowing why, even though I knew they were morally uh, wrong, um, he asked me, What were my goals? Like, what did I want to achieve in my life? And at 19 years old, I just want to get a job. I want to buy a car. I want to move out of my parents' home. And I want to have a little bit of money in my pocket to go out and party on the weekends. And he said, Yeah, yeah, that's all great. But, like, what do you really want to achieve? And I had never given it any thought. So he gave me this document uh, and it was a goal setting guide. And it asked me, and this is the funny, very, very funny to me to look at it uh, now. The first question was at what age do you want to retire? (laughs) And I was 19, (laughs) I didn't even have a job. And so uh, I'm like retire, I'm just getting started. And the second question was what, uh, how much do you want your net worth to be? And I had no idea what net worth was. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm,
0: like,
3: I'm zero for zero for two right now. Uh, and then the other questions were a little bit easier. I was like, what kind of lifestyle do you want? Where do you want to travel? What do you want to do for charity? Uh, so I started filling out this stuff and just making stuff up. And um, <laughs> at the end of about 20 minutes, uh, he, he looked at it and says, okay, so you want to retire at age 45. And that's the number that I pick 26 years later. Uh, I wrote down (laughs) I want to have a net worth of $3 million, which I thought was, you know, all the gold in the world type of thing. I have nobody in my family was a millionaire, let alone financially free. Um, And uh, he said, these are some pretty good goals. He said, "Um, I'm going to ask you a question. And the answer to that question or to this question, he said, would determine whether you would achieve these goals or not. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, yeah, right. The, the answer to one question is going to determine whether I achieve these goals or not. Sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he asks me this question. He says, are you interested in achieving these goals or are you committed? And mm-hmm. I, I sat there and I was like, Mr. Brown, um, uh, what's the difference? And he said, son, he said, if you're interested, you'll do what's easy and convenient. If you're interested, you'll allow your past to control your present and your future. If you're interested, you'll keep believing these myths about yourself, about not having enough education to achieve success, not being smart enough, not being good enough, and you'll keep believing these lies that for some reason you picked up as you were a kid. But if you're committed, you will let go of your stories and your excuses and your reasons of why you can't. You will upgrade your knowledge and your skills and then you will match the beliefs and habits required to achieve every one of those goals. It says, and I know every one of these goals are doable. So son, are you interested or are you committed? And, and I was <laughs> thinking, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, I'm on the spot right now. What the hell do I answer? And I just blurted out of my mouth, I'm committed. And he says <laughs> to me, he reached out his hand and he put my hand in his and he says, in that case, I will be your mentor. And I was excited, and I then asked him, uh, that's great, um, what's a mentor? <laughs> and so I was really, really ignorant and green, I had no idea of these things. And he says, well, I'll teach you, I will, I will guide you, I will teach you what to do, what not to do, I will teach you all the ways that uh, you can achieve every one of these goals. And um, long story short, I ended up moving from Montreal to Toronto, 350 miles away. Uh, I enrolled in the real estate school. Even though I hated school and didn't have the money, I figured it out. Um, And five weeks later, I became a licensed real estate agent at the age of 19. And then with his uh, mentorship, uh, I ended up making uh, $30,000 on a 50-50 split, which means he made $30,000 as the broker of record. And I remember all of this so well because – the test that I passed to get my real estate license, I didn't cheat on, so I felt proud of myself. Uh, the money that I made, I didn't steal from anybody else. I actually worked for it, so I started to feel my self-worth and self-esteem uh, come into play, uh, and, uh, and that was the beginning of my first mentorship, and, um, and that was the, 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 the question uh, and the day that the, you know, my life transformed, and I went on a, a totally different trajectory
1: you know I, I believe heavily in mentoring opportunities i think it's one of the best ways we can get back to our society and to other people in our future and i think what you are describing is a very pivotal and influential uh mentor relationship that it sounds like it really left a very positive influence in your life and for your your world model paradigm is, would that well, be a good it, fair prediction
3: yeah uh, yeah listen the world um, the world that i the world that i you know uh, was playing uh with earlier than that was, um, you know, uh, eat or be eaten, you know, um, not kill or be killed. I wasn't at that level yet, but uh, it was dog eat dog. It was, you know, you had to fight. Uh, Everybody was out for themselves. You know, I was in the world of scarcity where everybody was, you know, the neighborhood that we lived in was a scarcity minded neighborhood. Um, There wasn't security and uh, an abundance uh, and more than enough, there was less than enough, and therefore you had to you know, fight and claw your way. Uh, that was my paradigm, that was my world, that was my father's world, that was my mother's world. And, uh, and so I uh, I finally had this, uh, I guess, light um, uh, that showed me that there is another way, and then I had somebody who cared enough to guide me, and I guess I was desperate enough to learn.
1: That's interesting.
3: I, I wanna get into your book, Inner Science. Sure. So yeah. a couple
1: of things I found very interesting and intriguing. One of the things I always tell people, I'm a psychic and I'm an attorney. And I tell people when it comes to increasing your ability to be intuitive, that you should meditate and you should utilize and think of the mind as a muscle that like going to the gym mm-hmm. and yep. I bring this up for a reason. There's a lot of overlap with what I'm describing and what your book talks about. And I love the analogy of using size as this uh, system and telling people, you know what, look at this as going to a gym. It's retraining your mind through neuroplasticity. I want to ask you, when you first came up with the concept of inner size, what was the greatest challenge you had putting it together and being able to convey it to to your audience in your book, coming up with the concepts of it for NeuroGym?
3: Yeah, I think the the idea that, you know, um, when people think of their brain, right, they think of it as, you know, this organ instead of a growing organism. And they think of it as something that's, you know, that's fixed, this, this you know, three pound bit of matter within me and to help them, you know, see that, you know, if you want to build your bicep muscle, there are exercises you can do. If you want to build your cardiovascular system, you know, there are different exercises you can do to build your cardiovascular system. But then to make the leap from our physical muscles to our, what I call our neuromuscles. That was the biggest uh, leap that I had to help people make. However, with one exception, when I started to break down focus as a muscle, um, and awareness as a muscle, and intuition as a neuromuscle, a part of your brain that you could actually develop, then people started to get that. And so, you know, focus is a muscle, willpower is a muscle. Your beliefs are neuromuscles, your habits are neuromuscles, and you can have constructive ones and destructive ones and strong ones and weak ones and ones that empower you and ones that disempower you. Once I started to give people frameworks of how to relate to different parts of their brains, um, that's when the lights started to go on with people and they realized, oh, I could practice this just like I could practice walking or biking or doing a Pilates class uh, or yoga. The better, you know, I get better with practice. And, and once I started to explain things in those terms, people just got it. Wow, I think it's phenomenal. Tell me a little Thank about, uh,
1: I think it's a great, I love your concepts and I, I'm a big fan of The Secret. I actually started doing manifestation boards myself. I know you had prior stuff you've done with vision boards. And yep. I believe heavily in them. I think it's huge that you can manifest what you what you really want to focus your efforts on. How would, for example, do you utilize or incorporate the concepts of vision boards with helping someone understand oh,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> inner sites? And how so? And what would you recommend for our audience? Let's say there's someone who's never used a vision board before, so they don't even know what it is. What would you suggest? Uh, absolutely.
3: Uh, thanks. Sorry. I'm smiling as you're uh, as you're asking the question because... <laughs> um, it's a huge part of what I, what I teach. Um, if you think about goals, right, uh, we all have goals and we write down our goals or maybe we have them in our head. Well, what about taking a goal that you have, whether it's a place you want to travel, uh, whether it's a charity you want to help, whether it's a, uh, a car you want to buy or a home you want to buy or or clothes that you want to wear, whatever it is that you want when we think about how does our brain process information? And so uh, the visual cortex, the, the part of our brain that uh, is uh, functioning in seeing pictures, one of the biggest parts of our brain. Now, if I took a picture of, let's say a car that I want, and I looked at it every day, and I instructed my brain, hey, um, the work that I'm doing, uh, the feelings that I'm having, uh, the plans that I'm creating, um, to earn the income that I want to earn to buy this car or to take my family on a trip or to give to this charity, the more I can create an image in my mind, not just the, sub, the conscious mind of what I want, but in the subconscious mind to create this coherence, the more I activate uh, what we know is the left prefrontal cortex or the Einstein part of the brain. And when I can see what I want and feel what I want and work towards what it is that I want, I'm now activating the motivational circuits in my brain, the imagination circuits in my brain, the behavioral circuits in my brain. And what does that cause? Well, first and foremost, it causes me to be in resonance with what it is that I want. But number two, when I start to visualize it, Uh, I'm activating that occipital lobe and I am actually activating the entire neural network around already having that. And so what that does is it starts to reduce the resistance between me dreaming about it, hoping about it, praying for it, and me actually taking the actions required to achieve that goal. So there's, our brain is operating on a consistent basis with, you know, circuits off or on, networks turning on or off. By creating a vision board, I am priming my brain and instructing it on, here is what I want you to focus on helping me achieve and be in resonance with. So I've studied the neuromechanics of of the science uh, of what's going on between our our brain, the greatest electromagnetic switching station in the known universe, and manifestation. That's powerful stuff when you really think about it. Being able to unlock the mind
1: and un- unlock your understanding of the mind. And I That's know right. in your in your I know in your book you talk about the two brains. I was going to see if you can talk a little uh, yeah. about the two the two brains for our audience, and you know just so they can understand the concept of it. And then you also talked about the root and shoot system. And I really like that analogy because it kind of delves with being under the surface, but then also taking taking root. I hate to use the same example, but I like that. And I wanted to see if you could explain those concepts to our audience and the concept of inner size and how it applies to such.
3: Sure. So um, again, to, to try and help you know me understand the brain better and other people as well is imagine that um, you know uh, uh, 1.2 million years of evolution. Uh, our brain has developed and there's uh, what I call the Einstein part of the brain, the real genius part of the brain that um, uses imagination uh, and uh, reason and willpower and persistence to achieve our goals. Uh, but over the last 1.2 million years, our brain has also evolved to keep us safe, to keep us away from real or imagined danger, to keep, help us You know um, be uh, risk averse and so when we want to achieve a goal we have this uh, inspired uh, idea Uh, you know i want to grow a business i want to write a book i want to leave my job and get a better job i want to uh, find a great relationship that i'm happy in versus one that i'm miserable in Uh, when we activate that einstein part of the brain with here's what i would love and what i want and here's how i could do it Uh, That's the first part of creation or manifestation. However, as soon as we give our brain this idea that there's something that we want, our brain does a check and balance using what I call the Frankenstein part of the brain. And so the Frankenstein part of the brain activates right away based on what's in your memory bank. And your Frankenstein brain says, hey, um, what if you fail? Uh, What if you succeed and fail? What if you try your best and you disappoint yourself? What if you're embarrassed or ashamed or ridiculed or judged by people who care about you? Maybe even by people you don't even know, but you meet along the way. So if you think about the Frankenstein brain as an early warning detection mechanism that is actually there to protect you, as your Einstein brain is there to help you dream and imagine and go for it, it's like having the brakes and gas in a car. They're both useful and you need to learn how to use them. So what if I shared with you that any time you have a goal that is out of your current comfort zone or your current level of knowledge or skills, any time you actually think about doing what is required to achieve that goal, your Frankenstein brain is gonna put the brakes on and it's gonna do it in the form of sending a neurochemical into your bloodstream that's gonna cause you to feel a little stressed or anxious or doubtful, or it's gonna cause you to rationalize, which means you're gonna tell yourself, rationalize why you shouldn't do this. What if I shared with you that in this state, you could actually learn how to become more aware of these processes And in the awareness of your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, sensations, and behaviors, or your procrastinating behaviors, you can use higher cortical functions to override those and take action anyway. Now, this requires a little bit of training. This requires for you to first know what the process is, just like you learn how to drive your car, uh, you need to learn how to use your brain better. And when you start to realize that you're not your thoughts, you're not your emotions, you're not your behaviors, and you're not your results. You have thoughts, emotions, feelings, sensations, behaviors, and results, but you can train up, level up by using your brain better, which I call as you know, the trillion dollar brain without the user's mm-hmm. manual. And so th- these are just some, some, these are not concepts. These are all deeply rooted in what we know today, not what we knew 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, a year ago, today. And this is uh, available to everybody because all brains work the same. And so when you have a little wow. bit of the user's manual and you practice some inner sizes, you can strengthen your key, your core neuromuscles. muscles. And when you do that, um, just like exercise makes you stronger, inner size makes you stronger.
1: You know, what I like about your title, your book too, and the concept that just the idea of exercise outward Inner size inward. I like that dynamic yep. that you have it. So it's really easy for someone to, to, to conceptualize. Your book, it talks about resources, companion worksheets, guided intercises. Uh, I wanted to see if you could tell our audience a little about what that, how you offer that to, what type of exercises and, and, and worksheets do you do? Like how, how would someone who purchases your book, uh, will they have like a companion plan that they could utilize through you with the website? Or is it? How, how would you describe it sure.
3: for somebody great great question so one of the things that um, being an author I've got uh, four books two New York Times best-selling books one of the things that became evident to me not just in my my students people who read my books uh, including you know me reading a lot of books is you know I read books and then um, I put them down and I forget about what's in the book and so I said you know for this particular book uh, why not not just tell people, here's like inner size number one, take six, calm the circuits. Here's inner size number two, called Aya. Here's inner size number three, the picture frame. Here's inner size number four, flip the switch. I named all of these inner sizes. said, I'm actually gonna go into the studio to record the inner sizes, and I'm gonna give them to everybody who buys the books. I'm gonna give them a couple hundred dollars worth of brain training inner sizes, so that they could listen and practice with me as their coach in their ears. And I think, you know, the book on Amazon is well, 14 boxes, but I'm going to give you nine inner sizes to get you going so you can start to uh, do the inner sizes versus read about them. And uh, in the book at the end of every chapter, there's um, uh, a link that you can just go to our website um, and uh, get the, There's some companion videos that I did, some worksheets that I did, plus inner sizes that people get access to so they can actually apply it. Uh, it doesn't make any sense reading about exercise, and it doesn't make sense just reading about inner size. Uh, the The win, the game, is in the application and the practice to get better. So I just want to make it easier for people to have the tool and not even charge them for it. But I want them to apply it so that their lives transform. They, they lose weight and keep it off. They double their income. They start their business. They, you know, they uh, get, the, get the book that they want written finally. And that's all um, possible when you start to use your brain better.
1: You know, that's an interesting thing because
3: I believe heavily in the paradigm
1: aspect of things. And I think like you, your book talks about flipping the, the switch and neuroplasticity and yeah. – um, I do believe very strongly that if you have, just like you're saying, if you have the right mindset and you apply it and you look at it from the way your book's describing it, you can achieve a lot more potential than you probably ever realized. (laughs) Um, Tell me me a little about when it comes to the old way, the old model, the old paradigm of looking at how to set goals and doing the right thing and then getting results. Obviously that's outdated. How would inner size ply a new paradigm for goal setting. And if you can talk a little about common obstacles to successfully reaching your goals, such as fear, I know that's a powerful um, force and negative mindsets and those kind of things.
3: Sure. So um, I want to set a a picture for everybody first and and maybe get an agreement from everybody for just a moment. Then I'll I'll give you some some very, very fundamental things. So uh, it's 2020 right now. Uh, would you agree that for just about anything that you want to achieve, like I want to start a business and make it successful, I want to uh, have a better relationship, I want to be more spiritually connected, I want to increase my psychic abilities, I want to make more money, I want to uh, any want to that you want to achieve. Would it be fair to assume that, Uh, Either in a book, in a program, a coach, a consultant, on YouTube, on Google, all the how-to is available. And most people that I ask that question go, yeah, I mean, 2020, unless you're (laughs) trying to colonize Mars, we know how to put a man (laughs) on the moon, a woman on the moon, and time is within a fraction of a second. You know, we know how to uh, create self-driving cars. We know how to do a lot. So the day-to-day goals that we have, we know how to. So... When we look at this from um, uh, our brain perspective, our brain, um, if you thought of an orchestra for just a moment, uh, and you think about in order for the orchestra to sound amazing or your favorite band, the uh, musicians need to play in harmony, right? In sync, in coherence. Well, let's think of our brain as an orchestra. And for our brain to be in flow and in harmony and in sync with the goals that we want, what our brain requires is, what is it that you want to achieve? That's part one. Part two, uh, and the what happens to be the prefrontal cortex, one part of the brain. The second part is why, must you achieve it? Not why should you, could you, want to, would like to. Why must you achieve it? And when you come up with your why, uh, you're activating the emotional centers of your brain. That's a different member of the, of the orchestra or the band. So we have the what and the why. And then we say, uh, we ask ourselves, okay, um, how are you going to achieve that? And we come up with two or three things that we could do to achieve it. So now we have what? We have why, we have how. Then we go, uh, by when? By when will you achieve some of these things? And we give our brain those instructions. Um, And then we ask, well, who can we engage to help us? So now we have what, why, when, who, and how, uh, and now all of the members of our brain, or our orchestra, or our band are playing together. And when we have that, then we are gonna go back to dealing with our Frankenstein brain and so even when we have those things our Frankenstein brain is going to make sure that everything that we do is going to do what? It is going to keep us safe and so the Frankenstein brain is running this parallel script saying okay but what if you fail? Uh, What if you succeed and fail? So the fear centers in the brain um, it's called the amygdala, the emotional center in the brain. It operates automatically to make sure that you move away from any pain that is real or imagined. And so <laughs> the first thing to understand is there's nothing wrong with you feeling afraid. The challenge, is, the challenge isn't in the signal being tripped, the fear signal being tripped. The challenge is you don't know how to manage the emotion called fear and the absence of having the skill to manage an emotion you are a victim of your highest level of training let me repeat that wow in the absence That's of having yeah in the absence of having the skill to manage the emotion of fear you're wiring you trip back to your highest level of uh, of training and so most people have never been taught that fear is one of our six core emotions And it's not there to scare you. It's there as an early warning system that is one of your most highly developed parts of your brain, just like your intuition and instinct. And so what happens for most people is when they feel the emotion of fear, that's actually a stress signal. And when people feel stressed, what do most people do? Um, you know, let me move away from this. Let me suppress this. Let me drink something to to ease this tension. Let me take a pill. Uh, Let me go do something, you know, that doesn't cause this stress. Let's use some diversion tactics. And so what I want people to understand is uh, you're feeling the right thing, but you're not doing the right thing when you feel it that's going to help you achieve your goal. And you will consistently have your vision and your goals and your dreams but they will be unrealized because of this one little piece that you need to take care of, and that is managing the emotion of fear. And so, again, I'm going to go back to you know the reason I wrote this inner size is we now know what you can do, why you should do it, how to do it, and it's so much easier than most people think because they think of oh, brain science. Well, Albert Einstein said, you know, anybody can make things difficult. Uh, but it really takes, you know, wisdom or genius to make it simple. And there are certain fundamental principles of how our brain works. So we just learn the fundamentals. It's like, oh my God, this is so much easier than I thought.
1: I could see that. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. Um, you know, I was looking at this is something that really intrigues me a lot, the idea of habit and addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, let's say, someone has, has a bad habit that they want to change, and the common rule of thought or rule of thumb is if you do something for 30 days, you can do something new and, and create better habits or replace old ones. I wanted to ask you if you have an opinion on that kind of idea. Because if you Google it, you'll say, oh, how long does it <laughs> take to create a new habit? People usually say 30 days. But uh, I want to get your opinion on it, because I know you talk about habits as part of inner size, and I, I just want to see if you have a different yes. opinion or if you, if you can share with our audience what your opinion is about habits and how to create new um, uh
3: Yes, as opposed to giving an opinion, I'll give you expert research and information. Um, Perfect. <laughs> so uh, a habit, we know from a science perspective, every habit has something that triggers it. So we call that the trigger. We have the behavior of that trigger. And by the way, the triggers are because of cues. So either a social cue, or uh, something that you know sparked within your neural networks inside your brain, so there's a cue or a trigger, uh, and then we have um, a behavior uh, which uh, then gives us the reward. So it's trigger, behavior, reward. And so that's called the habit loop. Habits are by default automatic, They're part of the default mode network or your automatic self. And so when we think about habits, We think of habits as uh, good habits, bad habits, uh, constructive, destructive, empowering, disempowering, and that's correct. Now, when we think about how long does it take to interrupt a habit, we know that the cues are gonna consistently activate the habit loop, as it's called. And if we interrupt a little bit of the behavior that interrupts the whole pattern. So we wanna be focusing on behavioral interruption. Now here is um, what the latest research suggests. It takes 66 days to 365 days to deactivate a dominant habit and replace it with a new habit that that overrides the old habit. So they used to think it was 21 days, 30 days, but all the new research of the University of London last year shows that it takes between 66 to 366 days to 365 days to deactivate an old habit loop and create a new one. And so I tell all of my clients, unless you're prepared to give me 100 days of changing your behavior ever so slightly to create a new empowering habit as you release an old one, don't even start because you're gonna have a mismatched expectation Uh, You might have great results for a week or two or three, but if you don't continue past 66 days into 100 days, you're basically doing the equivalent of pumping a well. You You pump, you pump, you pump, you pump, you pump, you pump, you maybe get a little trickle of water out, but as soon as you stop pumping, all the water flows back down into the well. And so what we wanna do is we wanna create a consistent pattern that overrides the old pattern. So just think of 100 days. I can guarantee you. I've got clients who have lost weight and kept it off for years. I've got clients who've doubled or tripled their business revenues. Clients who are happier in their relationships now than ever before because they focus on let's do this for 100 days. No more short-term thinking and short-term results. That's what I call is the sunburn effect. You may look good for a day or two, uh, but it's going to go away.
1: Interesting. I um, I'm looking at your at your information, and I love the way you're laying the stuff out. Um, Tell me a little about how beliefs play a role with, you know, trying to change and, and create positive habits and, and really trying to just update, or I'm sorry, uh, trying to just get control of your behaviors. How would you, you feel belief systems work for people
3: as sure. a talent? So, um, yeah, so the question, first question I'm going to ask is, um, has there ever been any babies 107 or 8 billion people have been born and walked on earth in one one capacity or another uh, was there one baby born with any habits any habits, Usually, Any beliefs any self image you know i no. think the tabula rasa
1: yeah tabula rasa i always say that so
3: right so so there you know so so let's understand what is a belief Right, so a belief is nothing more from a a neuroscience perspective is a a group, a group of brain cells um, that have connected and then they've been reinforced. And so what happens is we develop these beliefs of, uh, I'm too young or I'm too old or I'm too white or too black or not this enough and not that enough. And you know, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, I don't deserve this. And we have all these references and experiences Uh, that are part of our implicit memory system. So let's say we want to achieve a goal. But in the deep recesses of our uh, implicit memory system, um, there's a disempowering or a limiting belief. Well, not only do beliefs cause us to see the world through the lens of those beliefs, but our beliefs will dictate our behaviors more than our goals or vision or desires will. So let's say I have a belief that I'm uh, you know, I'm not smart enough and I have evidence, you know, I didn't do well in school. I used to have this one. So I, I, you know, I don't do well in school. I really have a hard time understanding this stuff. Like this is really hard stuff to understand. So if I have that belief and that belief is gonna drive my behavior, uh, if I have a goal that requires a different behavior, I'm not gonna do it, I just won't do it. So what if we did some inner sizes, like a simple reframe, inner size we call it, and a simple reframe is take any limiting belief you have, I'm not smart enough, I don't deserve, Uh, I'm too young, I'm too old, come up with whichever one you want. Now, that belief on its own is fixed in your brain. And what do we know about fixed beliefs? but we know that they're gonna drive our perspectives and behaviors and et cetera and paradigms. But what if we took that same belief and what if we just did this and do something that I call is in the past frame. And it goes like this, in the past, I used to believe that, and we said, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart. enough, I'm too young or I'm too old. But now it's one of my greatest assets for achieving the goals and dreams that I want. What if every day we read that, every day we started to feel that? Every day we started to see ourselves actually doing what is needed to achieve the goal that we want versus having the reason why it can't be done. If we did that for a hundred days, guess what would happen? We would start to lay down a new road, right? new road, new road in our brain that would override the old pattern, the old belief. That simple shift of in the past, I used to, and now I'm using it to my advantage, changes the entire neural network in our brain, changes the default mode network, the motivational network, the behavioral networks, changes us from working from a Frankenstein brain to an Einstein brain. And so when we start to use self-talk and and self-regulation techniques, now, we become empowered. Now we become motivated. Now we start to focus on how I will, because that's what I choose versus why I can't.
1: I that's powerful stuff. When you think about concepts in your mind and how you can, you know, shift your your approach to it instead of being like I can't, I won't. It's you can and you will.
0: <laughs> I and can, can and I will and
1: I am
3: exactly. Yeah. In I the can, past, I, will, I couldn't.
1: I in the past, I couldn't, but now yeah. I can. <laughs>
3: that's, that simple shift, It's, it's the simple shift um, is like having a computer that's locked and a computer that is open running on all cylinders.
1: We're running low on time. I just want to ask you a couple of uh, thought questions. Your book talks about looking at, for example, Navy SEAL CEOs, astronauts, and elite athletes to achieve highest levels of performance with their minds, and I wanted just to ask you if you if – you, what qualities did you find uh, athletes, Navy SEALs, CEOs, and astronauts had in your studies when you looked at this and you developed intersize? Like, what kind of qualities did you see that were uniform in those type of individuals that you think might be something to, to, to just share with our audience in terms of, you know, what to expect if they were to apply these concepts going forward?
3: Sure. So let's talk for a moment. There's, there's one of my favorite quotes. It um, sums it all up and it goes like this, amateurs practice until they get it right once or twice, and pros practice until they can't get it wrong. So amateurs (laughs) practice until they get it right once or twice and pros practice until they can't get it wrong. So let's extrapolate that to what that means. Um, Navy SEALs fail, astronauts fail, Firefighters fail, police officers fail, CEOs fail. All of them choose to fail forward. All of them choose Hmm. to use failure as a learning experience about their behavior and their strategies versus who they are as people. So a lot of people who don't achieve success or the level that they want to, they believe that if they fail, they're a failure. And highly successful people, they believe that Failure just means they've learned something that didn't work. So they learn how to frame things in a way that empowers them versus disempowers them. They know the value of practice, and not only practice, but they know the value of perfect practice. A lot of people think that practice makes perfect. No, Uh, practice makes permanent. And if you practice the wrong things, you are gonna be permanently doing the wrong things. So the first part is to understand what should I do and then practice it enough so that I don't have to think about it anymore. It becomes part of being successful automatically. And this is why if you take away, for example, you know, a millionaire's money, She's going to earn it back or he's going to earn it back within a number of years because they have the patterns that have been reinforced over years compared to a lottery winner who 87% of them lose their money within three years and never make it back. Wow. So what are you practicing? What are you practicing? Are you practicing reinforcing why you can't and that you're not good enough and not smart enough and not worthy and all of the reasons that are going to prevent you from achieving your goals and dreams? Or are you stacking the deck in your favor with the right beliefs, the right habits, the right behaviors that you can tweak and adjust and make better over time? So hmm. that is really one of the, the key differences is it's a relentless pursuit to constant and never-ending improvement.
1: You know what I get when you say that too, what's been kind of my thought process as you're describing it, uh, mastery of skill, mastery of ability. Um, pros seem to develop the ability that if they fall down, they pick themselves back up, but they don't look back, they look forward and they have the right v- vision and mindset to to, to master whatever it is their challenges are, the sport, the company, financial,
3: would that be accurate? Absolutely. Yeah. And, okay, and cool. you know, mastery takes time. Ma- I mean, mastery takes time, right? And uh, are you prepared, you know, to invest in mastery? And right. focus are you prepared with that to as invest well? in? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's a huge, a huge difference. And that's a huge it's po- a huge point to make as
1: well looking at it and and telling anyone can go and try to say yeah i want to i want a million dollars i want to be an astronaut well do you have the wherewithal to really master it and are you going to sacrifice for it are you going to really dedicate to it are you going to focus on it <laughs> to achieve it that's <laughs> exactly it's, it's the work
3: the inner work that well necessary. if you think uh yeah so everybody sees you know astronauts landing on the space station Um, everybody sees, you know, the Navy Seals uh, with their accolades or the CEOs or the, you know, the entrepreneurs or the athletes that win the gold medal, uh, but nobody sees the thousands of hours of preparation.
1: Mm. You know what's an interesting aspect of that, too? The failure aspect. You know, one of the things I love about Abraham Lincoln is if you look up all the failures he had in his life before he became who who we know him for, he had a lot of failure. And I think part of at least my take on this is not, being, not letting fear or any of these negative thoughts enter. I call them what if thoughts. You're call, you, know, you, you do too. And not letting that stuff cripple you, not letting that stuff paralyze you, looking beyond it, having the vision to look past any of the failures that happen because failures are likely to occur, but being able to overcome that fear of failure and brush yourself off and just keep going. <laughs> it it, it just exactly seems like that's right. a powerful idea. A lot of people don't realize that. A lot of them become self-limited and they're stuck in their own routine and and trapped by it. I like the way you set this up and lay it out with inner size because I think it it definitely is something that an an average person can look at this and say, you know what? When I go to the gym, I like to go on the elliptical machine 30 minutes, three times a week. Well, if I do these inner sizes, I can develop X, Y, and Z by doing it through your worksheets and your information and gain a mastery of it. And I think that's very powerful. Um, one of my last questions to you, with, with inner size, I'm real big on meditation and mindfulness, because I think those are always uh-huh. a big pivotal aspect of, of personal growth and development. And I know you you talk about that as well. And my question to you would be, in terms of, for example, overcoming worry and anxiety, how do you incorporate uh, meditation, mindfulness with the inner size paradigm?
3: Love it. So let's talk about mindfulness first. so what is mindfulness? Mindfulness is really um, the uh, state of awareness. So on my mobile phone, I have a little bell that goes off at 55 minutes past every hour. And that 55 minutes of every hour reminds me to reset my brain uh, and to practice two inner sizes. Inner size number one is called take six, calm the circuits. And so I take six deep breaths very, very, very slowly in through my nostrils and then out through my mouth as if I'm breathing out through a straw as slowly as I can. Why? Well, we know through the brain scan imaging studies that that deactivates the stress, anxiety, fear centers of the brain or otherwise known as the sympathetic nervous system. And it reactivates the calm and response circuit. So the stress and react circuit turns off, the calm and response circuit turns on the parasympathetic nervous system. Second inner size that I do is called AYA, A I A. And AYA is the inner size that goes like this I have a sheet of paper next to me, and I write down, you know, what have I been thinking, feeling, and doing the last hour just very very quick i've been been thinking this i've been feeling this i've been doing this and then i ask myself a question uh what's my intention for the next hour now as i look at my awareness of thoughts emotions feelings sensations behaviors i do that without judgment shame blame guilt or justification just pure awareness of the pattern now it's in the awareness of the pattern that i could adjust right And so I am self-regulating every hour. And then I say, what's my intention for the next hour? And so my intention is to uh, be happy. My intention is to be energetic. My intention is to be focused. My intention is to get really productive on the things I need to get done today. And so now I have my awareness. Now I have my intention. And now I ask myself this question for the second A. What is one action that I can move towards right now and take that'll get me you know, the result I want in the next hour. So now I'm being extremely deliberate every single hour. And so I use inner size one to reset my brain and my nervous system, inner size number two, to reset my awareness, my intention, and my focus and my behavior. And that means that I have six, seven, eight check-ins every day to be able to train my brain to do this automatically. Because if I do it for a hundred days, then my brain says, hey, um, you're doing this on an ongoing basis. Let me just make this automatic. So now I'm learning to be automatically in a state of mindfulness all the time. Part one, part two. Uh, meditation is the practice of either doing one of a few things. So there's a variety of different meditations, as you know. So in certain meditations, um, you can actually stop all thought and you are just one with, you're in a different state of consciousness that is different than your awake state, your sleep state, um, a meditative state is a whole different state of consciousness onto itself. And so when you learn how to quiet your own mind and the 50,000 thoughts that you have every single day, and you could just be one with everything. Um, you can get into this in a state of bliss where time and space are just coalesced and and you know that you're one with everything and you enter a state of, um, of knowing uh, what that really is. Uh, that's one form of meditation. The other forms of meditation is you can take an idea or a thought or a question um, and in this quiet, relaxed, hypnagogic state, you could tap into not only your own memory bank and the, you know, the trillions of connections and bits of information in there, but you can integrate between your own consciousness and what's within your own brain, and the universal intelligence that we are in. And so I liken it to uh, a radio. Uh, in the radio, you have a tuner, and let's say you um, are tuning into uh, rock and roll, ninety-five point five. And then you wanna switch from rock and roll to classical music, you go from 95.6. When we switch from one station to another deliberately, we're by default turning off all the other stations. And so I can now start to use my brain as a tuner and a receiver. And as I practice, I can get better. So we can use meditative practices to get better. And the more we practice, the better we become at meditation and using not only the uh, brilliance and genius uh, of everything that's within us, but we can also tap in and tune into all the frequencies uh, that are all around us as we are in the quantum field. It's not like there's a quantum field out there um, and there's something going on in here. There is no out there and in here, but we use the tool called our brain to Uh, navigate between the two, between the solid, our bodies, okay, and the spiritual that is everything else.
1: I love that. I'm going to ask you one last question. If there's one thing about yourself that you've not shared with the public that you love to do or that you're very passionate about as a hobby, what would that be and why?
3: (laughs) Um, There's a couple (laughs) things. Most people, my, my wife will tell you, most people don't know the goofy side of me. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm pretty goofy, and I, and I do just you know, little stupid idiosyncrasies of laughter and joking, like almost like a comedian. Uh, there's this uh, side okay. of me that's into the neuroscience and neuropsychology and the quantum physics and quantum mechanics, but there's also a very goofy, silly side to me. Uh, and then the other thing that a lot of you just don't know about me is I am a, a hot sauce fanatic. I create my own hot oh. sauces with some of the hottest peppers in the world. Uh, ghost wow. pepper, uh, uh, Trinidad scorpion, and and so I make some some pretty uh, amazing combinations with truffle oil and with uh, uh, just a combination of very very savory and extremely spicy. And I eat them.
1: That's amazing. Them. I really, I really appreciate you coming on our show today and sharing your new book with our audience. I I, I think it's an amazing opportunity for anyone in our audience to to really learn some good skill sets that are very applicable in these unsettling times we're dealing with. And I want to thank you for coming on. I really um, just appreciate you taking the time and sharing everything that you shared today. These concepts uh, are very so powerful. And, and they're, they're very and powerful
3: concepts. Going... And just go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that's I just wanted to let you know, the, uh, you mentioned my company website earlier, and it's myneurogym.com, dot mcom versus Neurogym. And then you can Perfect. get the book, Size on Amazon. And I was going to ask you,
1: um, if you could just tell our audience, that the best way for our audience to reach out to you, is to go to www.myneurogym.com or your other website, uh, JohnAsworth.com.
0: Yeah,
3: either one of those. And I'm also on uh, on Instagram and I've got a Facebook fan page and uh, and on Twitter. So I'm on all the social media channels and uh, do lots of free training and lots of amazing uh, things to help people achieve their goals faster and easier than ever before. Great. Thank you so
1: much for taking the time today and really sharing these concepts. I really do appreciate it. And I just think our audience is going to love this episode and they're going to come check out your book
3: <laughs> and check you <laughs> Thank out. you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it Have
1: a great very day, Chris. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye now. I just want to thank John for coming on the show. Very excited about having him on. I, I really do buy into the vision board concept and manifestation. I started doing that about eight months ago, and there are things that I put on that board, on my own vision board, that generally do happen over time when I focus on them. And I think it's a very powerful thing to consider. I highly recommend InnerSize, the new science to, unlocking your, to unlock your brain's hidden power. Uh, John has a very established career doing this stuff. He's extremely well-knowledgeable. He's an expert. He's utilized his skill set to create this opportunity for each of us to really become better at managing ourselves. And paradigms are always big for me. So paradigm shifts and self-improvement, those are big. When each of us look at a habit, uh, let's say you want to lose 50 pounds, that's just a number out there. You know, you're unhappy, you gained weight, you had a baby, or you had a rough year, and you just put the weight on. Sometimes breaking down the habit and being able to figure out a way of hacking it, so to speak, uh, utilizing something just like these concepts in inner size, I really think can make a huge difference in unlocking your ability to get past some obstacles that you might have holding you back. And looking at this information, I can guarantee you that you're going to be intrigued by it, you're going to be motivated by it, and you're going to really find that things that you once thought, for example, I can't do this. I'm afraid of this. It's too much work. I'll likely fail at it. Those kinds of ideas that hold you back are going to get replaced by new ideas, by new concepts through this inner side system. You'll change your, your attitude, your, your self-esteem, your self-worth, your beliefs. You'll get new habits and behaviors. You'll get increased concentration and focus, and you'll, you'll develop gratitude. I believe also this stuff, if you look at the body, mind, body, spirit, I believe heavily in this because I do believe that the body itself is just one component of who we are. We are also spiritual and intellectual and creatures of habit as well. But these things and these concepts are definitely something to look into, to have somebody come on that has the authority to talk about it and the passion. And that's why I'm so happy that John came on today. Check out John's site, www.myneurogym.com or www.johnassworth.com. And I, I really encourage you to check it out. Look, at, look for it on Amazon. And John's got other books as well. Step Into Your Vision, The Complete Vision Board Kit, The Vision Board and How to Use It. These are books that I highly recommend as well in terms of looking at the big picture of what you can do to better yourself from this step. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I appreciate your support. If anyone would like to get in touch with me, you can reach me directly at www.thesocialpsychic.com. That's my website. And I actually have a new number I'd like to give our audience if you'd like to reach out about the show. It's 813 683 2673. That's just a, a more direct way for our audience to give me feedback or if you have questions, you can reach out. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We're going to continue to have additional programming. I really appreciate your support. And until next time, check us out social media. And I I welcome any suggestions anyone has in terms of feedback or any input.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook. And don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. Are you looking for that perfect gift to express your appreciation for your loved one or bestie? Well, look no further. Royal Susie offers one-of-a-kind designs with genuine high-quality crystals, stones, and the most precious of metals that are guaranteed to satisfy the urges of your inner king or queen. Each piece is handcrafted with love and is sure to inspire and captivate all. Indulge yourself by visiting Royal Susie's website at www.royalsusie.com for splendid items like agate bookends, impressively crystal studded bottle stoppers and beautifully handcrafted nightlights that will charm every room in your home. Royal Susie's featured collections will truly delight your guests and always make them feel welcome. Any questions? Contact Royal Susie directly by email at royalsusiedesigns@yahoo.com. At Baker's, no matter
1: where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store, so you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever start your cart with the bakers app and save from wherever today bakers fresh for everyone 35 dollar order minimum restrictions may apply subject to availability get more ways to save at the buy five or more save one dollar each sale just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card bakers fresh for everyone
0: today is working for me do you believe that for yourself cast